Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. international headlines as we get started here today in this second hour of Mornings with Carmen. Um, Lebanon has named a new, I'm going to describe him as a provisional prime minister. Um, You will remember that following the horrible uh, explosion in the city of Beirut um, and after it became obvious that the government was culpable for having failed to uh, secure explosive items in a port warehouse in a way that would be appropriate. Most of the Lebanese uh, government was pressured into resigning. They're actually still, for the most part, functioning. Um, And so it's time now for uh, the process to, you know, start in earnest to to actually replace them. So uh, the, uh, the Lebanese diplomat, Mustafa Adib, you might recognize his name, um, because he has been, I don't know, I don't know how closely you follow Lebanese politics, but anyway, he has been uh, Lebanon's ambassador to Germany. He's a very, very well-connected international diplomat. He's highly respected, um, and he has been named the uh, prime minister designate ahead of uh, the arrival of French President Emmanuel Macron in Beirut. So we just want to pray for that situation um, thank you to those of you who joined yesterday. There was an effort to fast and pray for the people of Beirut and specifically for churches there. Mindy Bells at World uh, Magazine uh, has some really fantastic on-the-ground reporting related to uh, the plight of Christians in the city. Uh, and so you just be mindful of all that. And then for those of you who um, might remember historically the uh, Rwanda genocide, 800,000 people Uh, killed in Rwanda in the matter of 100 days, most of them uh, by machete-wielding vigilantes. I'll just describe them that way. I mean, terrorists in their own country. You may remember the movie Hotel Rwanda. Well, Hotel Rwanda really featured the personal story of Paul Rusis Bajinga. And he has been living in exile um, outside of Rwanda because, as you can imagine, those who um, wanted to continue— the genocide do not appreciate activists like uh, Paul Ruzising Bejinga. Um, I just want you to know, I mean, he's he is the one who saved hundreds of Rwandans during the genocide by sheltering them in a hotel that he managed. Um, and again, if you haven't seen the, the, the movie, Hotel Rwanda is an excellent uh, way to expose yourself to this story. Um, let me just uh, say he has been arrested. An international warrant was issued for his arrest. Um, and so he is now under arrest in uh, Kigali, which is Rwanda's capital. And I apologize if I'm not if I'm mispronouncing any of these words. Um, we want to pray for him. We want to be praying um, for this man. Uh, he has, you know, many, many uh, human rights uh, awards to his credit. Um, he has a well-documented um, story of 
putting himself and his family and his resources at risk for the welfare of others. Um, but there are people who don't like that. And even though this was a generation ago, um, it's important to recognize that there are those whose memories are long in terms of their retribution. All right, next up, I've got Dr. Jeff Barrows. He is here from Christian Medical and Dental Association. We're going to talk about um, some um, some medical headlines that are not related to COVID. And then, yes, we're going to do a quick COVID roundup as well. So if you're pregnant or you know someone who's pregnant or you're ever thinking about being pregnant, the first story with Dr. Uh, Barrows is for you. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Dr. Jeff Barrows joining us today from Christian Medical and Dental Association. You can find them at cmda.org if you are engaged in any way, shape, or form in the medical or dental profession. This is the association for you. So uh, check it out at cmda.org. Also a great place um, for resources for the rest of us in terms of how we think through the ethical issues at the intersection of health and faith and, frankly, politics. Lots of policy um, help here on this website as well. All right, um, Jeff, first of all, welcome back. Well, good morning, Carmen. And by the way, I want to tell you, I just love your theme song. I've been meaning to tell you that for quite some time. It just always gets me excited. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, okay, so um, caffeine. I'm having a little bit of a caffeine problem this morning. I don't actually know why. <laughs> I'm on my second cup of coffee. Normally, it does not have me um, quite as wound up as today's coffee does. Um, But I'm not pregnant, so I'm not too scared by this next story. There is no safe amount of caffeine in pregnancy. Talk about this. Well, you know, Carmen, we've been looking at uh, the issue with caffeine in pregnancy for really several decades, and many studies have been done, some showing there might be a a question of some harm, others showing that uh, there really isn't a problem with it. In fact, uh, currently, uh, the American College of OBGYN, their official stance is that you can drink up to 200 milligrams of caffeine during pregnancy each day, and that's equivalent to one to two cups of coffee, depending on how strong you make your coffee, without having any problem. But uh, of concern is this study that just came out of the University of Iceland. And actually what the researcher did was to look at all the studies. There have been well over 40 different studies that have looked at this. And he reevaluated the data from all of those studies and kind of combined it all together. And his conclusions are a little bit concerning in that he did find that there seems to be an association with caffeine and early miscarriage, stillbirth, uh, babies that are low birth weight, and also an unusual association with childhood acute leukemias. And so uh, I don't want to be alarmist. I don't want uh, any of your listeners that happen to be pregnant uh, and that are drinking coffee to say, oh my goodness, what am I doing to my baby? But on the other hand, uh, as an OBGYN, 
I think this study is enough to make me say to my patients, you know, if you're a big caffeine drinker, and, and you know, caffeine is elective. We don't absolutely need it, though it's very helpful. I'm a big coffee drinker myself. I would say to those those patients that are either pregnant or contemplating pregnancy to to gradually wean yourself off the caffeine, do the best you can to avoid it uh, through the rest of the pregnancy just to be on the safe side. All right. I'm not sure that I had in my notes that you're an OBGYN, which, you know, might lead me to an entirely different conversation. So can we talk about annual exams <laughs> at different stages and ages for women and just, you know, like, right, I have a lot of friends. I'm 52. Um, I have a lot of friends who, you know, they're not they're not going and having an annual exam like they used to. Um, I'm an advocate of that. Um, and, you know, an annual mammogram. I don't. Can you just talk a little bit about the importance of annual regular exams for women? I'm glad to. Uh, you know, the the emphasis and the importance of the exam changes through the age uh, of a woman because we're looking for and concerned about certain things when a woman is in her 20s and 30s. Uh, but then we shift and we're concerned about different things in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And all of those things can be to some degree, a screen for with the annual exam. And that should include not only a breast exam, but uh, a pap smear as well as some, or you could do some other form of screening for like DNA for HPV, but also an internal exam that allows us to uh, feel the size of the uterus and the ovaries and, and check for any masses. So uh, for a variety of reasons, the annual exam is critical for a woman yeah, up until and even a little bit beyond uh, the age 65. So uh, I would strongly encourage women. I know it's it's the least favorite thing in the world. I, As a male, I happen to have to go in for an annual exam now for a little different type of issue, but uh, it's not pleasant, but I still make my regular appointment. All right. Talking with Dr. Jeff Barrows from the Christian Medical and Dental Association. You can find them at cmda.org. When we come back from a very brief break, we're going to talk about um, a, a, a new look at a topic that we have discussed um, in the past, and that is surgeries related to people who identify as transgender. This is um, this is a, a bit of a of a reversal, and so we want to talk with you about it. We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with Dr. Jeff Barrows, um, and we are talking about headline news related to your health. And so you might think of this as the healthy faith segment. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, Dr. Barrows, let's talk about this um, this article that you and I have both read at the Christian Post. The psychi- a psychiatry journal issues a major correction to a study on trans surgeries effect on mental health. This is a complicated subject matter area, so please parse it out for us. 
I'll, I'll do my best, Carmen. Uh, let me just start out by saying that one of the major pillars in the transgender movement is the fact that treatment consisting of, first of all, cross-sex hormones and then sex reassignment surgery is absolutely critical to treat and help the mental health of those patients that are suffering from gender dysphoria. And uh, that's why this retraction is so important, because what happened was, is just a little less than a year ago, in October of 2019, uh, an article was published online in the medical, or in the American Journal of Psychiatry. And this was a study that was done in Sweden, and it was done there for two reasons. The Sweden does a great job of keeping track of their population, and they have all kinds of data on their population and and also there is far less stigma to transgenderism in Sweden so the researchers went there and they they evaluated the um, the results of surgery in several hundred individuals and their initial conclusion last October was that surgery in fact helped those that were suffering from gender dysphoria uh, in terms of their need for prescriptions for for depression and anxiety, for their need for mental health visits, for mood or anxiety disorders, as well as any, uh, there was a decrease in hospitalizations after suicide attempts. But there was one major problem with the study, and that was that the statistical analysis was done incorrectly. And so after the study was published online last October, several other experts began to look closely at this study, specifically at the statistics, the way the study was done, the methodology, and they began writing in letters pointing out these these errors. And uh, actually what ended up happening is just this last month, the journal, after having uh, obtained consultation on the statistics, decided that those writing in were in fact correct, that the statistical analysis in the original article had been done incorrectly, and so they issued a correction. And in that correction, the important point is that that actually what they found was that surgery did not help the mental health of those people who were suffering from gender dysphoria. And so this kind of takes away one of the major pillars for the transgender movement. And they keep pushing for treatment. They keep pushing for surgery. And it also really impacts what they're doing uh, right now with our youth all across the country. They're really pushing our, our kids, our teenagers, our adolescents to get started on cross-sex hormones and, and to begin the process of having these surgeries. And they're in fact, is no benefit at all to them. So there is an effort, um, and it's it's not, I mean, it's significant. I'll just say it that way. There's a significant effort to um, couch this in terms of equality or health care rights. Um, and currently, the, you know, the federal government does not say, uh, does not authorize Right. Um, coverage of these kinds of procedures. Um, I'm wondering, you know, obviously a different administration is going to make different decisions about things. Um, I am wondering, um, you know, for the for abortion, 
and for taxpayer-funded abortion, we have a we have a current limit on that. Now that is obviously at risk in a changed administration as well. But um, I'm wondering if you could imagine a day and a time when the federal government is willing to pay for these kinds of transgender therapies and surgeries with my taxpayer dollars, and that there might be a way for there to be riders against that in the same way there are riders against um, taxpayer dollars being used to pay for abortion. Well, that's an excellent point, Carmen. In fact, I know of some legislation that has been introduced by a representative in California that would do just what you're describing, and that is prevent any type of federal taxpayer monies to be used for transgender treatment, including hormone therapy as well as surgeries. I do know that at the state level, there are some states that have specifically said that Medicaid will pay for some of these surgeries. I believe that's the case in California. But at the federal level, I think it's it's very, very possible that uh, depending on the results of this upcoming election, we might end up with an administration that would not only uh, take away our Hyde Amendment, but also uh, begin to activate federal funding for anyone who is choosing to have these transgender therapies. So uh, depending where you live, if you're listening right now, um, if you are in Iowa, your governor uh, signed a bill limiting state funds uh, to be used for sex, so-called sex reassignment surgery. Um, But if you live in, uh, you know, in other states, you may have state money that is used in these ways. And this is an opportunity for you to communicate both locally and at the state level, um, certainly federally as well, um, that this is of concern to you and that there is evidence that the mental health impact on these individuals is negative and significant, um, in addition to our view that uh, that the body, that the removal or the um, mutilation of functional body parts uh, is contrary to uh, to God's design for for life and our well-being. Um, puberty is not a disease, right? It's the natural progression of the human body as God designed it. And so to seek to interrupt it or reverse it or have it lead uh, to a, a different outcome um, through the use of, of, of hormone therapy and or then uh, radical surgery, you know, just simply not, um, not aligned with a biblical worldview. Absolutely. Dr. Yeah, Dr. Barrows, we, um, we have limited time to talk about COVID. Why don't you pick one COVID headline that you want to talk about today? Well, I think I would start out with uh, the fact that there is an increasing push to mandate vaccines. Uh, This is happening in several states, including the state of Virginia, and there's even been talk at the federal level uh, about doing this. I think that's a wrong uh, approach. Uh, I think it's 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 completely wrong. It's it it's it's using a utilitarian type of thinking where the end justifies the means. I would would hopefully hope that our government is smarter than that and will not put uh, the citizens into a position where they are forced to take a, a vaccine that may maybe they have ethical problems with because there are some ethical questions with some of these vaccines that are being developed. Dr. Jeff Barrows, thank you so much for joining us today. You guys can uh, visit cmda.org. There's all kinds of good conversational points there, um, good talking points for you on a range 
of subjects. The policy papers are excellent. Just highly recommend you you give it a visit. And if you are in the healthcare or dental professions, this is uh, this is your crowd. This is your this is your group. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us again today. Honored to be with you, Carmen. We'll talk again soon. All right, today is the day. Today is the day the Lord has made, and uh, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is also the day that my friend and colleague and sister in Christ, Susie Larson, launches her brand new book, Prevail, 365 Days of Enduring Strength from God's Word. Uh, I can personally testify to just how beautiful and precious this book is. Um, You are invited into the conversation. Susie and I uh, are up next. But let me just go ahead and tell you, yeah, even though it's book launch day, we're giving copies away. So for those of you who are listening now prior to the actual conversation with Susie, and you know you already want it, it's Prevail, 365 Days of Enduring Strength from God's Word, Susie Larson's brand new book, text the word book to 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. This is Max Lucado. You know, many Christians think they're saved, hope they're saved, but still they doubt, wondering, am I really saved? Our behavior gives us reason to wonder. (laughs) We're strong one day, weak the next. Devoted one hour, flagging the next, believing, then unbelieving. Conventional wisdom draws a line through the middle of these fluctuations. Perform above this line and enjoy God's acceptance, but dip below it and expect a pink slip from heaven. And salvation then becomes a matter of timing. You just hope you'll die on an upswing. Jesus' language couldn't be stronger, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never lose it or perish throughout the ages, and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. God doesn't let go, and he won't let go of you. This is Max Lucado. Well, what a thrill to be uh, joined today by my sister in Christ and my colleague in ministry, Susie Larson. We are celebrating the launch of her brand new book. It's entitled Prevail, 365 Days of Enduring Strength from God's Word. Susie, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. I'm so honored to be with you, Carmen. Thanks for having me. It's so fun. I wish that we could just like raise our hands and celebrate. This is mm-hmm. um, This book is a delight. Um, I I would love for you to talk about this project in particular, because writing a book that includes 365 days of material is in itself an act of endurance. You're not kidding. I wanted to quit in Leviticus, if I'm just honest. (laughs) (laughs) I went up to my hubby. You got to cheer me on here, honey. Um, But it it was a long project. And for context, you know, most of my books, most regular trade nonfiction books are 55,000 words, maybe 60. And this ended up to be 115,000 words. It's a hardcover because when you're going from Genesis to Revelation, you're covering the arc of Scripture. Um, Even though the devos are short, that's, that's a lot of ground to cover. And 
I have to tell you, though, what was so powerful for me, working from Genesis to Revelation, I was looking for evidences and opportunities to flourish and stand strong. Evidences, stories where they did it right, that we can learn from. Opportunities, maybe where they did it wrong, and we can learn from. Because the word prevail means to prove more powerful than your opponent, to be the last one standing. And when we titled the book Prevail, we had no idea what was ahead for us as a nation and as a world. And so to go through the arc of Scripture, and especially, you know, the Old Testament is quite long, and I really you know, felt like I was going around a mountain again and again because the narrative is so repetitive. People forget God. They fall into sin. They repent. They come back to him. He blesses them. They make it about them. And then they fall back into sin and they kind of have this air amnesia. So I want us not to forget who we are. I want us to know how to stand strong. So it, it was a labor of love. But now that I see the finished product, I'm so grateful that I persevered. Um, 365 uh, days. So there's a, you know, there's a devotional entry here for every, uh, for every day. Um, I want you to make the appeal that we actually need to be in God's word every day. Amen and amen. You know, there was a study done by Willow Creek a number of years ago, uh, a, a really extensive study in that one of their uh, outcomes is they realized that people who are in the word four days a week or more are the ones who are experiencing actual tangible life change. And when, when we have lots of starts and stops, you know, let's make no mistake about it. Nothing can separate you from God's love. If you are in Christ, you're a new creation, but you will not experience the transformative work of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get a word from God if you're not in the word of God. And uh, there was a pastor friend of mine who once said, he said, you know, I used to want to just pick and choose in scripture, like take a scissors to the scripture and cut out the things I didn't like that bothered me and just sort of read what I wanted to read. But he said, the more that I got to know the character of God, I realized that the word of God is its own sword, wanting to cut things out of my life that are destructive to me. And I just think there's something so powerful that when you know the love of God, the fatherly care of God, and you read the word from that perspective, you are willing to even submit to his correction, his redirection. You know, when you're opening the word, you're opening his mouth. And we don't, we need him more than anything. We need his word more than anything. And especially in this day. I, one of the things I just love and appreciate about you, Susie, is you are, um, you are in the word um, before you are in the world. Um, and mm -hmm. I genuinely appreciate that about your approach to the conversations that we have, to the approach that you take on your uh, on your program, certainly to the approach that you take um, in your books, including this one. The book is Prevail, 365 Days of Enduring Strength from God's Word. It's available today. The author is Susie Larson, and she's here sharing it with us. Talk about endurance, enduring suffering, enduring challenges, enduring, uh, well, enduring in the midst of um, life and the realities of it, um, but also the enduring nature of God's prevailing love. Mm -hmm. You know, they're both um, real, both realities in our life. I don't think we can fathom the depths of God, God's love. In Ephesians, it says, to know this love is to be filled with the fullness of God. We try to get full on every other thing. And when we are in a, an enduring season, we think we just want relief. And I've wanted that. I've suffered. I've walked through some valleys. I've army crawled through some valleys, just wanted relief. And I remember the Lord speaking in my heart saying, Susie, you want a break? But I want you to have a breakthrough. You know, you want immediate relief, but I want total redemption of your story. So you've got to know how committed I am to you so that you can step back and start to think long as well. And, you know, we can't mature without persevering. And 
we have to persevere when we walk through times of that require great endurance from us. And when we start to think short, when we think in the immediate moment, and our only goal is relief, we forget that we're part of something so much bigger than we are. And when I look back at the times that I've endured, and you know, I still have to sort things through with my health that are challenges to me. I see the the grit that it's put in my character, but I also see that I squandered opportunities to have my character refined when I was in moments where it felt so enduring, so much opposition. The enemy taunts were so loud in my ear. When I would take the bait and dare to project a future that God wasn't in. Let me explain it. When the enemy comes at you with fears, he wants you to imagine a future that God's not in. And that would make my journey so much heavier, so much harder. But there is a a measure of grace for those of us who are called into enduring seasons. So if we cannot borrow tomorrow's trouble on today's strength, and another thing that I think makes endurance hard is when we look back and link all the days together, how long we've had to do this. When you recount the number of days you've been in the wilderness like the Israelites did, it's like you're dragging a backpack of rocks behind you. So for me, I had to go, his mercies are new every morning, his faithfulness is great, and embedded in my situation right now is an empowering grace to take the next step. I think that's part in what it means to when Jesus says, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm not going to ask you to do anything I've not already done for you and that I won't do in and through you. I hope that makes sense. But for me, that is what's helped me, not borrowing the trouble, not taking the bait and imagining a future that God's not in, and not groaning about all the days that I've had to endure thus far. If I can just stay present in the moment, that helps me to find the grace space that God has provided. Susie Larson is my friend and sister in Christ and colleague in ministry here on the Faith Radio Network. We're talking today about her brand new book, Prevail. It is a 365-day devotional. Um, And when we come back, I'm going to invite her to read to us from day 231. And I've I've chosen this one because I really think that this particular devotional is at the heartbeat of who Susie is and why she does what she does every day. So we're going to find out if I'm right. We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation now with Susie Larson. We're talking about her brand new book. It is Prevail. It's available today. Um, Susie, um, would you read to us the entry for day 231, A Great Separation Awaits Us? Absolutely. Here's the scripture, Matthew 25, verses 31 to 33. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. What a sobering passage. No, author John Burke shared this on my radio show. Earth is like a compressed time capsule, tastes of heaven and tastes of hell. But one day the two shall separate. So for those who've trusted Christ for salvation, life on earth was as bad as it gets. And a day is coming when we will worship without distraction, serve without opposition, and live without that constant nagging sense of not enoughness. But for those who've rejected Jesus' precious gift of grace, life on earth is as good as it gets. Sorrow and terror will be their only friends. Scripture says that all of creation groans for the day when God reveals who his children really are. There are plenty of posers, those acting the part, but God knows which souls belong to him. 
May the reality of that important day fuel you to care about those who are lost. May God open your mouth and anoint your words to share the good news with those who are headed for an eternity without him. Here's the action step. Ponder that inevitable day of separation. What comes to mind? Pray for them. Who comes to mind, I should say. I'm going to say that again. Ponder that inevitable day of separation. Who comes to mind? Pray for them. Share the gospel. Lord Jesus, forgive me for being so wrapped up in my daily affairs that I forget about the day that is to come. Help me to live ready and to help others live ready too. Amen. That is from day 231 uh, of Susie Larson's brand new devotional book. It's entitled Prevail. Susie, um, this particular entry uh, speaks to me about where I know your heartbeat is and why you do what you do every day. And I just I felt like it was a window into your own devotional life and the way that you live your life. And so I wanted to uh, I wanted to lift that up. But every single day in here is that rich and that deep um, and follows that rhythm. One of my favorite things about the book is actually um, and this might sound strange for a devotional that my fa- one of my favorite parts is the way um, that you guys put together the table of contents, because the table of contents is by subject. And so if I'm struggling with a particular thing or I have a particular question or I desire uh, a particular deliverance, the the table of contents is set up in such a way that maybe, you know, if I'm seeking peace, the peace of God, then I'm going to look at the table of contents where, you know, it tells me that I need to read day 85 and 168 and 172 and 198 and 210 and 219 and 303. And by then, man, I'll be there. Right. So mm-hmm. I love that about the way the book is constructed. I got to tell you, that was my husband's idea because <gasps> some will want to walk through from Yay, Genesis Kev. to Revelation. Yeah, exactly. But uh, others are random topical readers. And my prayer was that this would be a prophetic word. I prayed constantly as I was writing that people would land on the right word at the right time at exactly the time that they needed it. So that that was a labor of love to have to kind of break it down as much as we could. And I think, we, you know, there's always more you can do. I'm looking at the table of contents going, oh, I wish I would have put this topic in there, but trusting that God will use it. But there, um, hopefully you will find it to meet a need according to the need of the moment. So Susie, um, when we just think about our the challenges that we all face every single day, um, the challenges that we all face together now in the midst of this very strange time that we're calling the pandemic. You know, where are you in the word right now? Um, how's God speaking to you just in your own walk of faith? Well, I appreciate you asking that. I've been hanging around. Well, I've actually been jumping around in a few different places, but there's a place in Hebrews where it talks about making an effort to live at peace with one another. Make sure nobody falls short of the grace of God. I'm going to try to pull it up here in scripture. Listen to this. Work at living at peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. And then watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you and defile many. Now, that's just the first part. But I want you to think about that. Isn't that a word right now to help Hmm. to watch out for each other? Because I am seeing, and I'm sure you are as well, Carmen, roots of bitterness spring up among believers. And somehow it seems like people feel justified and absolved from this call because of the days. But we're never absolved from this. You know, this is the word of God. And you go down. And it talks about you've not come to Mount Zion, this, uh, or you've not come to Mount Sinai where there was terror. I mean, even Moses was literally terrified. When you come to the Lord under the new covenant, you come to Mount Zion. Listen to this: the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Listen to countless thousands of angels 
gathered in a joyful assembly. You've come to assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. You've come to God himself, who's the judge over all things. You've come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who've now been made perfect. And you've come to Jesus himself, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people. So I'm jumping down a little bit. Be careful you do not refuse to listen to the one who's speaking. And I'm jumping down a little more. And it talks about... You know, God spoke in Mount Sinai and his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only the unshakable will remain. And another way to say here that is right now things are being shaken. So that which cannot be shaken can be clearly seen. And I think when we've lived in pretty much ease and comfort in this nation. We've seen our troubles, but we not compared to the persecuted world, right? And I think the temptation is to shift your weight onto your comforts, your entitlements. And so once the world starts shaking, that transition of going from shaking ground to the solid rock is very disrupting. But that might be what you need to do. But as you see what's shaking, look for what's not shaking. God's word, God's love, his commitment. And the rest of the passage says this, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful. Are we being thankful right now? Let's be thankful. Let's please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe for our God is a consuming fire. I just think that just blows me away. I've been hanging around and returning to that passage over and over again. So he's reading there from uh, Hebrews chapter 12. It is actually uh, one of the readings in Prevail. If you were to turn to day 332, you would find uh, the passage of Scripture you're assigned to read is Hebrews 12. And Susie has just just demonstrated how it is that we allow the Word of God to continue to speak to us in particular days, in particular seasons, at particular times, as we are enduring the challenges that we face, but as we recognize the enduring, the ultimate enduring nature of the prevailing grace of God. Susie Larson, thank you so much for joining us on Mornings with Carmen. The book is Prevail. It launches today. And you guys need to listen to Susie uh, this afternoon. Susie, thank you so much, my precious friend. I love you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll be right back. in Acts where the disciples are recognized as having been with Jesus. So that's going to be my encouragement uh, to you today. Um, you're going to see headlines, you know, do I look like a, uh, a raging socialist? Do I look like this or that? Well, ask yourself this question. Um, am I recognizable as a person who belongs to Jesus? Do I, do I look like um, Christ in terms of my manner and my thoughts and my uh, interactions. All right. Uh, yes. For those of you who are texting to find out if we have books available. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Should have said so a couple of times. We do have copies of Susie's brand new book, Prevail, to give away. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. Again, text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing to win one of the complimentary copies that we have available from the publisher. So thanks to Bethany House for that. 
Um, let's pray for Susie on this launch day. It's a big deal to launch a new book. Um, and, you know, she's also going to do her day job, which is hosting her program here uh, later on the Faith Radio Network. So if you you already know you love Susie, you already know you want a copy of the book, um, go ahead and text the word book to 877-933-2484. We will enter you into the drawing for the copies we have available in studio today. Do I look like an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven? Do I look like an agent of grace? Do I look like a minister of reconciliation? Do I look like a sower of peace? Do I look like a child of God? I mean, looks can be deceiving. I recognize that. Absolutely. So we're not talking here about um, a physical stature or color or manner of dress or even hairstyle. Um, What we're talking about is, can people recognize Christ in you? Can they recognize you've been with Jesus Can they recognize that you and I are uh, agreeing, agreeing moment by moment to actively yield, participate with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to bring us into greater and greater conformity with who Christ is? Do people recognize me? Do when they see my life, when they hear my voice, when they interact with me in all kinds of circumstances and situations, when things get tough? Do I look like a Christian? Do I look like a Jesus follower? Would they recognize Christ in me? Can people tell today that you've been with Jesus? And if you haven't been with him yet, go spend some time with him in the Word, in your prayer closet. Where in the Word are you today? Let's get into the Word of God before we get out there into the world that he so loves as his representatives, people who are literally going to represent Christ to the world. Have a great day, and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.